Hey there, everybody. Just wanted to welcome in all of our listeners to Pad the Stats, our fantasy football podcast where we cover everything fantasy football. If you have any questions following the show, please hit us up at Pad the Stats on Twitter. We're more than happy to help you out with any questions that you might have. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back into Pad the Stats. We're here on June 20th for our next edition of Pad the Stats, our fantasy football podcast, where we get into everything fantasy football, whether it's dynasty talk, uh, redraft, keeper, uh, daily. It really doesn't matter. We, we talk it all here. Today, we're going to get into a little bit of... Uh, some of our guys who we feel are either underdrafted or overdrafted. So I'm back here with my good buddy, Pat. He's joining us again tonight uh, from Missouri. I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm feeling a little bit under the weather too. So if my voice sounds a little bit off tonight, I really do apologize. But uh, but yeah, Pat, how's everything going tonight, buddy? It's good to have you back on again. Well, honestly, it's been raining here in Missouri for the past couple of days. Uh, this is actually the first time time i've seen it rain here in a while so we've been pretty dreary here too so i can imagine it's just like living back in pennsylvania yeah it's been pouring here all day today thunderstorms i basically have a river in my backyard right now so how do i feel yep yep it's been it's been really bad i can't complain too much it hasn't been too awful lately i was just in california the past few days for my cousin's wedding really good time it was beautiful out there um, but we're back at it. I'm excited to jump back into the podcast. Um, I think the last one we had released was a week ago today or yeah. maybe, maybe last week, maybe Thursday or Friday. I can't remember now, but, um, I think we recorded it on Wednesday and that was where we talked about our, some more of the second year guys. So we talked about the second year tight ends and a couple of the other guys from the first round of the draft, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson today. Like I said, we are going to jump into um, some of our guys that we, we have three guys. I have three guys here. Pat's got a couple guys. I have a guy that we feel like is, or being overdrafted. And I have a couple guys and Pat has a guy who we feel are like are underdrafted as well. So we'll get you hopefully some good insight here and, and hopefully, you know, some helpful information. So when you're going about your drafts, you know, Hey, am I reaching for a guy? Can I, you know, is this guy kind of being undervalued? There's definitely some quarterbacks, um, that are being undervalued, who I definitely want to talk about in future shows. A couple guys that come to mind, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, today we're going to focus on mostly receivers and running backs. Then again, Pat, I don't, I don't know who you guys, your guys are, but we'll kind of save that for a little bit here. I don't want to give anything away. And the other guy who I thought was a little bit underdrafted, but now with the news that comes out, who knows, Jameis Winston, we just found out about a half hour ago, Jameis Winston could be, it's not nothing official yet, we don't have any official word on a suspension, but he could be suspended for that instant, and I believe it's 2016, I don't know, Pat, can you, I know you read the report, do you have any more details on that? Yeah, I think he had some accusations against him about getting uh, to Frisky with an Uber driver, and I mean, he's been denied an who knows what even happened, but I've heard that he's worried that the league is going to bring something down against him. So, yeah, I mean, I had, a, I was really 
high on him this year to kind of improve or just continue from where he's been, but it kind of drops him down a little bit, but we'll have to see what comes out. I just hope your draft's not tomorrow so you can figure out what's going on with him. Yeah, he's somebody who um, I know, like I said, I particularly felt like he was being drafted a little bit too low. We said that last year about him too. We thought it was going to be a breakout, but being year four, I think people were really excited about him having a breakout because I was thinking about using him as one of my undervalued guys before I heard this news. And when we were, when you told me about this, uh, this topic, I was like, yo, I might pick James Winston as one of my undervalued because he was kind of getting dismissed a little bit, but now it's just kind of thinking, what do, what do you, what do you even do now? Right. Yeah. So no official word yet. Just want to, I just want to stress that to everybody. We really don't know. Um, but just kind of hang in there. And as soon as we hear anything, we'll definitely pass it along to you. Okay, I have a ton of news and notes today. We just had uh, it's just been a lot that's gone around, you know, a league with minicamp, you know, opening and, and closing here, and um, you know, some injury news, some encouraging. A lot of this news. Look, I kind of want to say this just as a little disclaimer before we get into it. We hear this every year about guys who really stand out in minicamp and OTAs, and then they don't do anything in the regular season. So some of this stuff you have to take. I think, Pat, you'll probably agree with this. You have to take it with a grain of salt until they put the pads on. And we actually know you know, what kind of football players these guys are. Um, but some of this stuff from the rookies is, is really encouraging. So I'm going to get right into the league news and notes. The big thing that happened last week, Martavis Bryant, it's been said that he could face a league discipline. Um, like Jameis, we don't know yet if it's going to be any games. But if it is something with substance abuse, which I think many people are anticipating, we're looking at another year-long suspension potentially. No, no official word. So don't, don't. He's not facing a year-long suspension or anything yet. But that could be the case very well. And at that point, it's under, you know, Roger Goodell's. Um, kind of word it's in his house like what he wants to do with martavis bryant if that were to happen um you know this guy could be he you know there it's it could be potentially if it's really bad he could be out of football forever and um the steelers look like geniuses for you know getting a third round pick for him at this point if if all this you know kind of comes to light but um i guess the big you know the fantasy impact pat talking about other Raiders pass catchers, are there any, is there anybody on that current roster? The first name that popped into my head was Jordy Nelson, who could benefit a little bit. I think Amari Cooper already has a role in that offense, but in terms of newcomers, I thought that maybe Jordy Nelson could benefit a little bit. What are your, what's your take? Who do you think could benefit the most if Martavis Bryant were to miss some time this season? You know, I got the first thing I have to say is it makes it, hurts me that Martavis is doing this again because, you know, as a Steelers fan, I'm glad that we traded him, but at the same time, I really want to see him succeed. And the fact that I hear this again, it's just like, you know, what this guy could be. But um, I think another guy besides Jordy that could really benefit from this is is Jared Cook. I feel like he could catch a lot more touchdowns. You know, Mar Martavis is one of those guys that can just go up and get it. He's so tall and athletic that it's hard to guard him in, in the end zone. And and uh, Jared Cook is a guy that could benefit from more red zone targets, I feel like, right here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we'll just have to monitor the situation and, again, see if Martavis does face any league suspension. Um, the other one, Pat, I know this affects you, Tyler Eifert, with the back injury. Marvin Lewis saying he might not even be ready for training camp. And it sucks because this is a guy who, again, 
just cannot get on the field and stay on the field early in his career. We saw some really encouraging things. So again, just kind of monitor the situation. We're not really sure if he's going to be ready for the regular season, but this is one of those, this is one of those off season injuries that isn't good because he, he's a guy who has a past. So if Tyler Eifert were to miss some time, Pat, we're going to probably move Tyler Croft up the draft boards, up, up your rankings, I should say. Yeah, I mean, that's something you definitely got to consider, man. This hurts me because Eifert's one of those guys I've always kind of had connections with, man. I had him win that year. He broke out and just had like an insane amount of touchdowns. Hurts me especially because I've already lost in our dynasty Hunter Henry. So now I lost my first two tight ends I drafted. So I'm actually even be more thankful I traded you for Jerry Burton. Yeah. Um, j- just so everybody's aware, sorry if we're having you know any technical difficulties tonight. Pat's again, he's in another state with a you know um, not a normal microphone, so we're just kind of working through this. So just bear with us, but we should be able to get through this show um, just just fine. So Andrew Luck says no pain in the shoulder, but again, look, I'm not buying into this yet until he's on the field. Bottom line, I don't think you can until he's on the football field actually throwing a football in a real game. So. Take it for what it's worth. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Again, we talked last show about how encouraging it is that he was on the field throwing, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I just again, I just want to see him play. Uh, talking more Colts. So Jordan Wilkins is seeing reps with the first team. That's good. He's somebody that I'm. I'm Hines and Wilkins are two guys that I'm intrigued by in the Colts backfield because I. I don't know. I saw a little bit of Marlon Mack last year, but is he going to be a three-down back? I'm not really sure, and they really seem to like Naeem Hines. They've lined him up everywhere, accordingly, in camp, and he it's said that he could play a major role in the offense, probably on special teams, too, because he's very dynamic. He's he's fast. He's athletic. So those are two guys to, uh, you know, to kind of keep your eye on. Pat, if you were drafting one of those guys, Wilkins or Hines, which guy do you prefer right now? Now, this is probably in a dynasty. You're probably not drafting any of these guys in a redraft right away. Um, unless it, unless we get into training camp and there's more about Hines playing a big pass-catching role, you might be able to scoop him up in a PPR league and use him. But in, in terms of dynasty, let's just focus on dynasty format, keeper format. Of those two guys, Wilkins or Hines, which one would you you know, be more inclined to target? Um, I, I want to go PPR and standard though. So, so first in a PPR league, which one of those guys? Honestly, I think the answer either way is Naheem Hines. I like his ability to catch passes and we've seen how, how lethal a guy can be such as like Ahmad Bradshaw in that offense as a pass catcher, even in a standard league, if he can kind of get into that role, I think it would be great. But honestly, for me, this is just a reason not to draft Amir Abdullah, because honestly, um, wait, no, Marlon Mack. That's my bad. That's all right. That's all right. No worries. This is a reason not to draft Marlon Mack because. But don't draft, but don't draft Amir Abdullah either. (laughs) Don't draft Amir Abdullah. I mean, I think these are both guys you should look at as later round guys that are kind of just lottery tickets. These guys are proven that they haven't been able to do it in the past couple of years. So um, if you're going to take a lot of. I would like Naheem Hines, even in a even in a standard, but um, I see it as more reason not to get Marlon back. Yeah, and I think that um, if Andrew Luck is to play this entire year, which look, I am starting to lean more towards that. Don't get me wrong; I just I am on the I'm on the the wagon of 
I'm not going to buy it till I see it. I can't stress that enough. But the point I'm trying to make is off of that. If Andrew Luck does play this season, both you know that's going to help Indy's rushing attack a ton. So you know we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on this. I think Marlon Mack's going to be the guy initially, but I would not mind having both of these guys in a standard league. I think Wilkins can kind of be that more of a bruiser. He's a bigger back. Um, he played in the SEC, and now you know I'm I'm trying to remember where Ole Miss or, or one of those schools, but Mississippi State maybe. Um, but you know, he kind of holds his own role and it seems like Hines kind of holds his own role. Um, so it, it's interesting. I'd like to have a share of both those guys, maybe in a dynasty league, Ronald Jones, uh, it's expect he's expected to earn about 15 to 20 touches a game. Um, oh, look, that's encouraging. I think that everybody has high hopes for Ronald Jones. He's had some negative things about him coming down to USC, but he's also had a lot of good things. You know, he's an explosive athlete from what I've heard and read and seen. And, um, you know, I think the opportunity in that offense could be extremely rewarding. So look, Pat, are you, in terms of where you're taking Ronald Jones or where you have him stacked up against other running backs, like guys like Lamar Miller and Deion Lewis, would you rather have Ronald Jones or, over either of those two guys? I like the Deion Lewis, Lamar Miller's talents better. Um, I feel like Ronald Jones, uh, he was like the, one of my least favorite running backs coming into the draft. And, but the thing was, is the Bucks situation was one of my favorites. So it's kind of like the wrong guy fell into the best situation. So I wouldn't take him too early, but if he fell into my arms, I wouldn't mind grabbing him. But it just kind of, to me, comes down to how much do you like Peyton Barber? If you think he is a pretty good player, then Ronald Jones shouldn't pose too much of a threat. But if you think he can, if uh, you think Ronald Jones can beat out Peyton Barber, then I would go with Ronald Jones. Yeah, we'll just have to, again, it's so early that I keep saying we'll just have to monitor these situations, but it's the truth. And until they get on the pads, we just don't know. I'm a little bit higher on Ronald Jones than you, only because, again, just because of the opportunity. Um, I would, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big Lamar Miller fan, and I don't know. You know I love Lamar Miller. I know I hate Lamar Miller. <laughs> I'd probably take Ronald Jones over him just because Lamar Miller is 3.8 yards a carry or whatever he is and doesn't give you any sort of explosive plays or anything fun. <laughs> he's just, he's, it's all volume. Yeah, he's, he's, steady, he's steady Eddie. I mean, he's got to get volume to give you anything. So, all right, uh, let's keep moving on. Juju Smith-Schuster has had a knee thing going on. It looks like it's something that's just been lingering. He has been limited, but he's expected to be ready for training camp. Terrell Pryor is still recovering from ankle surgery. It's said that he might actually not be ready for training camp. Um, so another guy that, look, I kind of liked him as a, a late-round steal just because of his, of his athleticism and what he did in Cleveland two years ago. I know he was a bust in Washington, but I'm going to probably tab that mostly to his ankle situation. And give him the benefit of the doubt because I think he could be pretty good with J- with McCown, Josh McCown. But I don't I don't know. We'll uh, you know we'll have to kind of see how that ankle progresses. It it's up in the air whether or not Deontay Foreman is going to be ready for Week One. He had that he was recovering from that ruptured Achilles, which we know is you know one of the worst injuries to come back from the hardest ones, unless you're Terrell Suggs and you know you're just out of this world kind of crazy, but. It's really hard to come back from that, especially for a running back who relies on, 
you know, pushing off and, and power and explosiveness, speed, agility. Um, so again, I think that a lot of people expected maybe Foreman to push Miller for some carries this year, but if he's not ready by week one, it's something to watch out because that could linger and it could linger into, you know, maybe early in the season. If, if we get into three, four weeks into the season, Deontay Foreman's still not ready. I think that's a really bad sign. Okay, moving on. Carlos Henderson is not a lock to make the team, according to head coach Vance Joseph. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, um, about or last week, about the Broncos' young receivers. So it definitely looks as of right now that Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton have the upper hand out of those young receivers. Alan Hearns is the clear-cut number one receiver. Your boy. See, he's your boy for the Cowboys. So it looks like I, I'm, I've been high. I've been talking to Michael Gallup, but... You know, I don't know. We'll see what, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of happens with Alan Hearns. It looks for like. Me, for me with those two, I like Gallup a lot. Honestly, either one of those two could take the, take that number one receiver role. But, you know, we've seen Hearns do it. We haven't seen Gallup do it. That's just, that's the way I look at it. So that's why, you know, we've seen Hearns play well in this league with Jacksonville. But Gallup, we have, he's kind of a question mark. So who knows? Yep. Uh, yeah, I can't argue that theory either. I mean, it's, you know, you got to just see, especially receivers. I've said this in the past. A lot of first-year receivers just cannot put it together for a full 16-game slate. It's hard to make that adjustment in the speed of the game. We've heard James Washington say that in Pittsburgh a little bit. Just adjusting to the speed of the game is something that is difficult. So, look, can Hearns get 120 targets this year, 130 targets? I don't know. But it's, you know, I think they're going to get back to running the ball a lot more. But it's encouraging if you're somebody who's on the Allen Hearns bandwagon as, you know, being the Cowboys' number one receiver. This is good to hear. Um, Eric Ebron, somebody who's really disappointed in, you know, being a fir former first-round pick, disappointed in his time with the Lions. It's said that he's been one of the more impressive Colts during this offseason. Um you know, take that for what it is. He, that's another guy who I just want to see it, see him do it on the field and perform. We know how athletic he is, but can he actually be a factor in the stat sheet in the fantasy football world? We're still waiting to see that. It looks like a short suspension is going to be expected for Robbie Anderson, according to Jets beat writers, but um, he says he's turned his life around. He's had some run-ins with the law recently, some speeding, some he had that run-in with the cop where the police officer where he talked about his wife or something and I, I don't know this guy's been kind of all over the front page uh, but he says he's turned his life around who knows Chargers GM Tom Telesco has been in touch with uh, free agent tight end Antonio Gates Panthers say DJ Moore looks the part and is more than ready to contribute this season Christian Kirk could open the season as the number two wideout for the Cardinals he's another guy who I really like in dynasty formats especially because of Larry Fitzgerald probably retiring after this season. More Cardinals news. Chase Edmonds has been taking reps with the first team and is clear backup to David Johnson. He's another guy. He's much like John Kelly in LA, you know, behind uh, Todd Gurley, who, um, look, it's kind of, it's interesting. It was almost kind of like James Conner last year. If Le'Veon Bell would have went down. I mean, you're talking about a guy stepping into a, you know, a run, probably a running offense and could be a number one running back right off the bat just based on opportunity um so it's just that's something to keep your eye on keep an eye on chase edmonds 
you know, particularly particularly in a dynasty format, but uh, but in redraft too, he might be a late round late round guy just to stash deep on your bench if you're in a deep bench league. If you're in a bet, if you're in a league like the one we play in, where you only have three or four bench spots, then it's a different story. Um, Jalen Sam Samuels for the Steelers said Mike Tomlin says he's been making a lot of plays in the passing game. Um, and look, another guy that James Connors, the definitely the clear backup. This probably isn't a play for maybe a couple years down the road, but we know what the contract situation or the l- lack of contract situation is like with Le'Veon Bell. So Jalen Samuels is somebody who could make an impact for the Steelers sooner rather than later. And I wouldn't be surprised if he made some splash plays in the passing game this year. Um, Okay, I have two sleeper alerts, a sleeper alert and a dynasty sleeper alert that I wanted to point out. Broncos head coach Vance Joseph has said Jake Butt has looked excellent this offseason. If you remember right, Jake Butt was extremely productive at the tight end position at Michigan until that bad knee injury. I think he suffered that in a bowl game. He's somebody who could be a sleeper in a in a weak Broncos tight end group. I, I really like him. I, I think he could might even be able to emerge as their their number one tight end this season. It's not a very good tight end group in Denver. So I don't know, somebody to look out for, particularly if you want to stash somebody, you know, in a dynasty draft or maybe even in a redraft league again, much like, you know, um, Chase Edmonds, who I talked about earlier, John Kelly, if if you have a deep bench and you want to stash somebody at the tight end position, not a bad guy to look at. And then my last one here, dynasty sleeper alert the Indy Star expects rookie Dion Kane to compete for a role in a, in three wide sets this season. Look, this guy is big and athletic, 6'2", over 200 pounds. He ran a 4.43 coming out of Clemson. It, there's been a lot of speculation as to why it never really added up for Kane because he was a big recruit coming out of high school. They thought he could be the clear-cut number one receiver for Clemson and, and one of the top picks out in the draft. He just... He, it just didn't come together on the football field for whatever reason. Um, but he, I've heard he's shown some really good stuff at camp this year. I've heard he's really shown an ability in the red zone. Somebody to keep an eye on. Again, I, I like this guy in dynasty format. Somebody that I'm, I'm probably going to be targeting late in my round. So, look, once you get past the Cortland Suttons, uh, the Michael Gallups, the Christian Kirks of the world, DJ Moore's, you know, there's a couple of these late guys, even Anthony Miller, some of these late receivers like Deion Kane, not a bad guy to take a look at. All right, enough of me talking about this stuff. Sorry, I just had to kill a spider on my laptop, and I, I'm not even sure I killed him, to be honest with you. He might be on my foot, like, sucking my blood right now for all I know. But, um, all right, so I posted a trivia question um, on Twitter yesterday, and it kind of went back to what we talked about the running back by committee thing. Um, I talked about that last week, which running back committee by committee kind of scared you the most or left you the most feeling the most uneasy. And it looked, I, I believe, I, I think the Packers were kind of came away with that. I have to look at that again, but I know this time I posted about, you know, who, who do you think out of the Packers backfield from Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, which of those guys would you rather draft? And and Ty Montgomery was the one that came away with the most votes. Pat, I know you said you were surprised about that. Talk about those three guys a little bit and which guy you would rather have on your team. I mean, for me, I really like Aaron Jones talent and I honestly like him to run away with the, the running, the, like the number one guy. Um, but 
I mean, I feel like Ty Montgomery, he's kind of one of those guys, he's a gadget guy. He can really play either wide receiver or running back, and he could be out there on the passing down, so on third down. I could see either one of these guys being the top scorer, but I'd really want us to uh, own either one of those two. Jamal Williams, to me, is just like one of those guys. He's a good lottery ticket, but he's kind of the third guy in my opinion. I like Aaron Jones a lot. And from watching him last year, I know Jamal Williams was – the, the guy that I think that was probably most available for them, Aaron Jones, I think got hurt there middle of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still probably leaning towards Aaron Jones, mainly because of Ty Montgomery's, Ty Montgomery's injury history as well. I just don't know. I anticipate him probably not playing a full 16-game schedule again. Um, he was banged up a lot last year. PPR formats, though, I know they I I know he holds a lot of value, and that's somebody that um, Mike McCarthy's talked highly about and, and getting him seriously involved in that offense again this year. All right, let's jump into our main show here. How about we do this thing? Uh, we're going to talk about first the overdrafted players that we feel like have been overdrafted in this year's draft. So we, what we mean by this is guys who we feel have just gone a little bit earlier than probably what their real value is. Um, whether these guys have changed teams that we think, you know, a lot of people think they're going to be thrusted into new offenses, bigger roles, whatever the case might be. Um, we're just going to say, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. These aren't necessarily guys that we, aren't, we don't think are, aren't going to perform, but we don't like exactly where they're going. So I'm going to stop talking now. And Pat, I'm going to let you uh, take this one away. I have I have one on my mind, but I'll let you go first. I'll, go first and then I'll go and then I'll let you take the third one. Um, so go ahead. Who's who's the number one guy for you is somebody that's being overdrafted that we should spotlight. All right. So for me, number one is a guy who's in a really crowded offense who we don't even know if this is going to be a good offense this year. That's Josh Gordon. Right now, he is going at in at two ten. You know, the tenth pick in the second round in a twelve team PPR, the twenty second pick overall. For me, he's he's going as like the I'd say he's you know back at the sixteenth. Um, I have Josh Gordon as my fourteenth ranked running back. <laughs> as your running back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you must, yeah. All right. I don't I, think that's right. I, I don't. I don't think that's much. right. I feel like. I feel like. So I really feel like that they're going to move Josh Gordon to running back. They don't have enough <laughs> talent to running back. They're going to cut Carlos Hyde right now. <laughs> no, they're going to. They're actually going to cut Tyrod to make running. To that make would be a. That would be a typical Browns move. They're just going to run Wildcat the whole year. Exactly. <laughs> Josh Gordon is leading the back. He's actually going to play center. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's get let's get on with it. We could do this all day. Um, so where where are you more comfortable? Where would you be more comfortable drafting Josh Gordon? If he's going if he's going two ten, would you be more co- dra- comfortable drafting him maybe in the back of the third round? Uh, so right now, I he's like about my twenty fourth ranked wide receiver. He's in a big group of people. I feel like are. Almost equal. You know, I have some divisions between a couple of these guys, but it's a big group of almost equal value wide receivers there. And to take him that high with as much downside as he has, I mean, it's a crowded offense. There's a, like, who knows who's going to play 
quarterback for that entire year. Maybe you get a couple games of Josh Gordon balling out with Tyrod and then Baker Mayfield decides he likes Jarvis. So, I mean, who knows what's going to go on with that offense? It's the Browns, for God's sakes. Like, these guys never succeed. And he could be extended. He could be suspended at any moment. Like, he decides he's going to go back and smoke weed. He's done for. I mean, I don't think he will, but to me, like, you know, that's a risk you've got to take into account. Yeah, it is a big risk, no question. Um, talking about the Browns, who do you like more in a peep? Do you like Jarvis Landry more in a PPR format over Gordon? I do, I do, just a little bit, though. Honestly, they're very close to me. I have about one receiver between the two. They're both kind of, I'd rather just have the guy who falls to me. I'd rather have one of the two besides a specific guy. Okay, are you taking both Vikings receivers, Diggs and Thielen over him? Definitely. Okay, what about uh, what about Mari Cooper? Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. I would take I would take both of Detroit's receivers over both. These oh, guys. really? You would take both. You would take Tate and Marvin Jones over Josh Gordon. Okay, I don't I don't agree on that one. PPR format, I probably would take Landry over what him too. What about both of Pittsburgh's wide receivers? Oh wow. Okay. All right. I'm a little higher on Josh Gordon than you are, but uh, hey, to each his own. So, all right. Is there anything else you wanted? To- that I don't. I. I'd rather not take the risk. That's fair. I and I totally understand that. And to our to our listeners out there, that is a risk you're you're going to have to live with, is the fact that hey, you know, this guy's one slip up away from maybe not ever playing football again. So uh, especially in a in a dynasty format, um, yeah, it, it's just a risk to take. So it's just something to keep in mind. But he has he has all the talent in the world, man. He could be he could be a top five wide receiver at the end of the year that would not surprise me at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I took him as my number one receiver in our dynasty format. I think I took him in the third or fourth round fourth round of our ten team. I can't remember now. But I'm just I just love the upside of the guy. I think he could be, I mean, gosh, 80, 85 catches for. You know, 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, eight, nine touchdowns is certainly not out of the question for this guy. Um, I don't see him being a PPR monster just because there's guys like Duke Johnson and Jarvis Landry who are going to, who are going to, you know, command a lot of targets in that offense. And I don't know how many there's going to be to go around. If the Browns are, you know, I, I don't know what Vegas's line is on the, the over under for wins, but they're probably going to be behind in a lot of games again. So they're going to have to throw. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a good point. And again, just can't stress enough that he is one slip up away from probably being out of the league, maybe for good. Is anything else you wanted to say about Josh Gordon, Pat? Are we good? I think I'm pretty good on it. I think I made my case. Okay, cool. Um Jarek McKinnon is my guy who I feel like is being overdrafted right now. There's a lot of hype around McKinnon because he comes into a 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo and with all these new sexy pieces and Kyle Shanahan's at the helm. And we feel like this offense has got real potential to be good. And this team as a, as a whole has really a potential to be good because of those five or six games, whatever it was that Garoppolo came over last year and, and they just tore it up really. And, and McKinnon has nobody in his way. Carlos Hyde's gone. It's M- Matt Breida behind him. But come on, it's Matt freaking Breida. Like, are we going to really get excited about Matt Breida? No, we're not. 
Um, I don't see Matt Breida taking a lot away from McKinnon besides probably, you know, maybe a little bit in the red zone. Um, but but here's here's some of the things. I, I want to make a case against Jarek McKinnon really quick. There's there's a couple things that are really concerning that I think you need to just have on your radar. You know, when you're drafting this guy where he's currently being taken in, a, in the second round in a 12 team, he's currently at 2.12, you know, back half of a 12 team. Um, this is a PPR league and, and, you know, his current team, or I'm, excuse me, that's in a standard league in an, in a PPR league, he's, he's going 10th in the second round. So I'm not, I I don't want him that early. I I just feel like it's, it's gotta be a little bit later and here's why. Okay. First off the guy's five, nine, 205 pounds. Okay. Can he really handle 250 carries a year? Can he handle 220 carries a year? We've never seen him get more than 160 carries in a season. Now, I understand that the, that the Vikings used him and Latavius Murray a lot last year, and they were both successful. But were they really was, – was McKinnon really that successful running the football? Let's look at the numbers. I mean, look, over the last two seasons combined, really, he's, he's had 309 carries. He's only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Okay, that's, that's, that's not that good. And my biggest concern is, and, and more, it's more than just the efficiency, because maybe as we, he gets a little bit more work, we might see, and, and again, he, he's going to have his own role, so he's got, he doesn't really have to look over his shoulder at anybody, but my biggest concern, can this guy hold up? I'm going to say no. I, I just don't think he can handle that big of a workload in a season. I think he's going to break down. Again, he only has seven career rushing touchdowns. We haven't seen a lot from this guy just finding the end zone in general, working inside the 20. He didn't get a lot of work last year in Minnesota. He was only the 33rd running back in standard format and fantasy points per game in 2017 with 8.1. So I just have a lot of concerns with Jarek McKinnon from an efficiency standpoint a little bit. Again, more so from a workload standpoint. Can he hold up? I like him. I think he could be extremely good I think he's talented but just a lot of question marks just look at it that okay is this guy worth a late second round pick and I don't think he is now the positives look he did have 68 targets last year that's 13th among running backs and Carlos Hyde with the Niners last year saw 88 and he was fifth so that just goes to show you that there's a lot of targets to be had particularly at the running back position with a big upgrading quarterback than the Niners had for the entire season. Again, Garoppolo only played in a handful of games. So where do all those targets go? My bet would be that McKinnon gets a lot of them. How many? I don't know, 85? I think that's realistic. I don't think he's going to catch 80 balls like McCaffrey's going to catch, but he could catch 60 passes. He could catch 65 passes, which if you're in a PPR league, that definitely drives up his value. Again, I can't harp on it enough. It's just the workload. Can he hold up? And we just, I'm going to bet not, but we'll see. So again, he's going in the back half of the second round in most, in you know, in most uh, drafts, you know, whether it's a 12 team, uh, whatever, standard or PPR. But I would be more comfortable probably taking him late in the third round. And I would rather have guys like Joe Mixon over him. I would rather have Jordan Howard over him. I would rather have Derrick Henry over him. Now, particularly in a standard, I would have to look at that a little bit more closely, particularly Howard and Henry in a PPR 
because you got to remember that Deion Lewis is in Tennessee now and he's going to catch a lot of passes. Derrick Henry's a pretty good pass catcher himself, believe it or not. People don't want to believe it because he's a big guy, but he can catch the football. Jordan Howard can't catch the football. He can't catch a cold. He drops everything. But Joe Mixon, I think, is going to have a big role this year, and those are three guys that I'd rather have over Jarek McKinnon in standard league. So that's my case against Jarek McKinnon. I think he's being a little bit overdrafted. And again, just take all that in. Make your decision if you think that he's going to be a bell cow in San Francisco, which he very well could be. But just keep in mind, this guy might break down. He just might. All right, Pat, on to your third guy for our for our overdrafted, and then we'll go into the undervalued guys. All right, so my guy for uh, being overdrafted right now is a guy, the uh, GQ man himself, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think. Ooh, sticking with the Niners. Oh yeah, I I think that this guy, like, I like his talent. Honestly, I really do. He's got one of the fastest zips in the ball. He gets it out like nobody you've ever seen. But there's so many quarterbacks this year that to take him as the ninth quarterback overall it's just crazy to me like for me i have him rated as the ninth as the 16th quarterback overall so there's guys like he's getting drafted over like ben roethlisberger the aforementioned Jameis winston which now i have to rethink but philip rivers matt ryan andrew luck Matthew Stafford, even like these guys, I would much rather have than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a question mark. He played well last year, but maybe against some questionable defenses. He only averaged 16 points a game. And over those weeks that he played, he was a 12th overall QB, barely a flex option. Like, come on. Like, uh, he, I like this guy's talent. I really do. But in a crowded quarterback class, I would not want him as. My top guy, I'd wait on. If I can get him really late, then that's great, but I wouldn't be taking him as my ninth quarterback. Okay. Are you taking him over some of the other young guys like Mahomes and Trubisky? He's, I mean, I think of him just like I think of Mahomes. Exactly. And I don't like, I've been debating uh, Garoppolo and Mahomes a lot myself because Mahomes has got a lot better options in his offense. He's got a lot better weapons in a, um, and you could even argue a better coach. Like, come on. Why are we valuing Jimmy Garoppolo over Mahomes when both of them are unproven? Yeah, that's fair. And I think everybody's really excited about the young quarterbacks. Garoppolo maybe being the most of them, along with, well, probably, probably Deshaun Watson. but He isn't even that young. No, you're right. He's not. In terms of quarterback years, he's kind of young, though. Yeah, oh, and quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got 10 more seasons. And honestly, in quarterbacks, that's honestly probably better. Yeah. All right, that's fair. And honestly, Pat, I would agree with you to that to an extent. I'm I'm thinking about dropping him a little bit more even before this conversation, but um, it's one of those offenses that it kind of feels like ah, everybody's really excited, but it might just not live up to it. You know? and, and that's the thing. They could have a really exciting offense this year, but if you have a chance of having Garoppolo or Ben Roethlisberger, who do you think is going to have the better offense? Oh, I would definitely take Big Ben and the Steelers right now, for sure. Or Matthew Stafford or Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan. I'd much rather have these guys. They're in much better offenses. I like Garoppolo's talent, but he's gotten he doesn't have that much around him, honestly, compared to these other guys. 
Yeah, Matt Ryan's a guy who scares me because I don't think he's as good as his MVP season. I don't think he's as bad as last year, but I I don't see him. I see him still somewhere in between that quarterback, like 11 or 12 and 14 range, to be honest with I mean, you. I have him at 13. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'd I probably put him at 16, so that's... Okay. All right. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. I just don't see why you take him when you have a lot of other guys that are... I hear you. I hear you. Um, do you want to lead us off for the undervalued guys or do you want me to go? No, you can start off with the undervalued. Okay. Um, okay. First guy that I had on my list was T.Y. Hilton. And this wasn't somebody that I originally looked at, to be honest with you. I didn't look at T.Y. Hilton at first and think, this guy's being undervalued a little bit or underdrafted. But the more I look at it, He's going as wide receiver number 15 right now on the back of the third round. Okay, this is a guy that's just a year removed, and you got to remember that Andrew Luck didn't play at all last season. You know, he had four straight seasons with Andrew Luck where he was, you know, 130-plus targets, 1,000 yards, between five and, what was it? I, I think it was, I have it written down here somewhere. I'll find it. Um, yeah, it was 1,000-plus yards and five-plus touchdowns in each of those four seasons with luck. That was between uh, 2013 and 2016. 2013, 14, 15, and 16, right. Um, So again, apologize. I'm sniffling a little bit here. Um, But he's my number nine receiver in PPR right now. And again, I just mentioned he's being drafted as the number 15 wide receiver. Um, Look, the the bad with him, I'll go through the good and the bad. The bad was, look, he was number... the 36th receiver in fantasy points per game last season in half point PPR with 9.2 per game. Not good. Only had four touchdowns, was only 20th in targets with 109. That's the least amount he's had uh, since his, you know, since 20, what was it, 2012, I believe. But you got to look at the good, which I just mentioned, all those targets that he had with luck, the production that he had. He finished 2017, you know, with, with just... 147 points, 57 catches, 966 yards, wide receiver 25. But you look back at those other years, and he was a guy who was consistently, a couple of those seasons, he was he was well within the top 10. Um, and, and look, the entire Colts receiving core has combined for just 145 career receptions and five touchdowns. So you know if Andrew Luck's on the field this season, he's going to be throwing to T.Y. Hilton a ton, a ton. A lot of these other guys have kind of come and gone in their receiving core. We know that they added Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle has played well. But I just got to believe that once Andrew Luck gets back on the field, he's going to be looking for T.Y. Hilton a lot. He's going to be looking for him down the football field. So I'm projecting T.Y. Hilton, 78 catches, 1,184 yards, and seven touchdowns. That puts him at 200 fantasy points. That would have finished last year as the number nine receiver. So, you know, I, I'm taking a him ahead of, of some of these, you know, the guys who are going in front of him. I think I had that written down. I'll have to find it here. But, um, but, but the point is, I think that you should probably be taking T.Y. Hilton. I, I really believe that he's going to finish as a top 10 receiver this year. I don't see him finishing as like a top five or six wide receiver like he has done in the past. But I really believe he's going to finish somewhere right around ten. You you put him up that high, so you oh, so you saying you would like him over a guy like AJ Green or Mike Evans or who are you putting no him above? no? So I have Green and Evans above, but I like him more than Devonte Adams. I like him better than both the Vikings guys. 
Um, I like him more than Amari Cooper. All right, so I'm a little above on. Uh, I'm a little higher on Adams than you, but yeah, I, I'd like him a lot, and honestly, I'd like his talent better than his fantasy value. I think he's a really good wide receiver, and if luck is there, he's going to ball out. But it's just how long can luck last? Right, and the one thing to keep in mind with T.Y. Hilton is he's never been a high volume catch guy. He's always been the down the field yards and touchdowns. So there's going to be have to be a little bit of a rapport built back up. I think between him and Luck, the fact that Luck missed all of last season, he's got to get. I, I got to imagine he has to build his arm strength back up. So you know, there's a risk, a little bit of a risk with T.Y. Hilton because they throw a lot of those kind of low percentage throws to him down the field but man he's a talent and he can really stretch the field he's almost kind of got that Deshaun Jackson a little bit about him not quite the same player but he's got that a little bit about him that I think with luck in there man he could he could really shine um Pat I'll let you take the next guy though go ahead with your uh your undervalued or underdrafted player all right well this is a guy I almost didn't want to do because I've been banging the drum for him so much but this is Jay Ajayi for me, I see him going in mid No, 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 listen, listen. I got him going <laughs> around mid-fourth round, 407 in a, in a PPR league, the 43rd player taken overall. He's the second, 22nd running back taken. To me, that's just a travesty. This guy, he has so much potential, so much potential. This, You know, do you see this Eagles offense? Man, it's fucking, it's legit. They're, they are moving the ball up and down the field at with no real, like, nobody's stopping them. I'll give you that. And these guys, like, they, there's nobody that's – like, who do you think would take over that backfield besides J.H.I.? I mean, actually, so I looked it up, and it's Darren Sproul's birthday. It's his 35th birthday today. Happy birthday. But this guy is turning 35 this year. He could easily break down. This guy, he's he had a pretty major uh, injury last year that kept him out. Who knows how he's going to come back? I get Corey Clement, and uh, is still there, and he could take some passing yard, like passing downs away from JJ. But this offense is so potent that you cannot deny the potential of this guy. And to take guys like Royce Freak, like Kenan Drake, and Rashad Penny, Alex Collins over this guy, like. You're just denying what this this guy could be with in this offense. I get there's downside that he might not dominate the backfield, but he saw the majority of snaps after week 13. And Philadelphia actually had the sixth most ru- sixth most rushing attempts in the league last year. That blew me away. I did not think that at all. They averaged almost 30 a game. Yeah, and to your point, if I'm gonna I'm gonna defend your argument here a little bit Legarrett blunt leaves a lot of carries behind yes he does exactly so ah, it's if if they're gonna be in the top 10 again in rushing attempts like you, you gotta think that ajay is gonna be taking a lot of those carries so in terms of volume and probably situation uh i i really i can't argue the the argument that you're making i don't expect you to be as high as on jay as i am but don't forget about this guy do not, do not forget about the potential this guy has. He's a, he is a more of a home run ticket in these early rounds. All right, got it. Um, you know, I, I'm struggling though. I do kind of like Alex Collins a little bit more. 
But Alex Collins is a guy who's probably like a couple fumbles away from being benched because I think he fumbled like four or five times last year. I like Kenneth Dixon a lot too. And who has more potential? Who do you think could see higher at the end of the year if they hit everything? Alex Collins or Jay Ajayi? Probably Ajayi. I would agree with that. Again, situation. For me, it's just a, such a quagmire in these kind of middle running back. It's You could like a lot of guys, but nobody has quite the potential of Jay Ajayi. Yeah, and I mean, regardless, even if he does give you that workload, kind of like Lamar Miller, if he does, if he's not even that good with it, he's still going to return RB2 value, right? 100%. Yeah. He even was the most effective. If you look at his yards per carry, which is not a great thing to look at, but still, if you looked at it last year, he had the best yards per carry on the Philadelphia Eagles. So. Okay. Okay, on to my, my last guy here. Are we on to my last guy? Yeah. Okay, so we went Hilton, and then we went your boy. Jai. Come on, your boy. This is your dude. And now for, <laughs> now for Pat's favorite player, Isaiah Crowell. No, that dude. That my favorite player is Lamar Miller. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so last year, Pat and I had a water bet of who would have more fantasy points in the season. I think we put like a minimum twelve games on it or something. It was Crowell versus Miller. <laughs> and Pat texted me tonight and said, "Do you want to do it again?" <laughs> I said, "No," because. Honestly, like it just shamed me that I, I put my faith in Isaiah Crowell last year. Running back, man. Come on. <laughs> the plotter. <laughs> the plotter, legit. <laughs> the plotter effect. Well, look, I I still think Isaiah Crowell. All kidding aside, I think Isaiah Crowell does have some talent, and you're probably gonna laugh at me for that. He's only 25 years old. Um, but look, I, I just got to look at where this guy's being drafted right now. He's being drafted as the number 38 running back in standard leagues. That's the eighth round, middle of the eighth, mid to late eighth round. So uh, look, I have him as my running back 31. I'm a little bit higher. Um, you know, I prefer him over guys like LeGarrette Blunt. I prefer him over Tariq Cohen, who's going over him. This is standard. I prefer him over Rex Burkhead. I prefer him over Carrion Johnson. Lions can't run the football. Are you kidding me? They haven't been able to. Run. I don't. What is it? I, I don't know if Matt Stafford's ever had a thousand yard rusher. Like they are not going to just magically turn it around this year and have a thousand yard guy. I'm sorry, and it's not going to be a rookie running back. So, no way. Like, and in a standard format, I'm, there's no way I'm taking Tariq Cohen over Isaiah Crowell or Burkhead. Those guys just are not going to get the type of value that you need. They're not going to score the amount of touchdowns that you need to get to, to overtake a guy who I think is going to have 200 plus carries and Carlos Hyde's another one. I think these guys are close, but look, we saw what the Browns were last year. Carlos Hyde isn't just an injury away from missing three or four games. Like he is just about every year. He, you know, you tap him on the helmet, he gets a concussion. You tap him on the shoulder. He breaks his collarbone. I just I don't see him playing more than 12 games this season, and they're going to end up working in um, Chubb a little bit, and they're going to keep Duke Johnson highly involved. And if you look at the Jets' offense, who does Isaiah Crowell have to compete with? Bilal Powell's there, sure, but Bilal Powell only had like 20-some catches last year. Okay, I'm not worried about Isaiah Crowell and being a pass-catching back, but he did have 40 catches two years ago, and last year he had like 28 with the Browns. So he is somebody who can catch the ball a little bit. 
I have him for 24 catches for 180 yards this season, which isn't anything overwhelming. But if you're playing in a PPR league for a guy who's going to get 200 plus carries, it's a nice addition, right? So look, can can he is he great? No, he's not great. Okay, he's never going to be great. He was a high recruit out of high school, but he never really. He's never panned out completely, but I think part of that was the Browns really misused him last year too because it's the Browns and they misuse everybody. Um, The Jets were just a couple numbers to look at. Look, the Jets were 15th in rush attempts last year and 11th in rushing touchdowns. Matt Forte's not there anymore. Bilal Powell's not going to carry the ball. He carried the ball, I think, 160 times last year. Somewhere in that vicinity, I don't have the exact number, but it's somewhere around there. There's, I don't see him carrying the ball that much. Matt Forte was old and breaking down last year, and you know, I, I think they were probably managing his reps too by giving Bilal Powell a little bit more of that work. But with a guy like with a guy like Crowell in there, I really think that they're going to lean on him in the running game. Now, the biggest concern with me is how often are the Jets going to be ahead in football games? They're probably going to be really bad this year. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, they do get four games against the Bills and the Dolphins. Those are two teams that they should be right there with, that they can maybe chew some clock and manage the, you know, manage the football a little bit. But you look back to 2015, Chris Ivory's workload was pretty big, 247 carries, over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. So I don't know if he gets quite that much. I don't think he will, Isaiah Crowell, that is. But I'm thinking 215 carries, 900 yards, six touchdowns, and, and then the, the 24 receptions on top of that. That puts him at 150 fantasy points, 151, which puts him at RB15 in standard. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. That's not a ton of yards. It's not that many carries. For a guy who doesn't have to compete with anybody, Elijah McGuire is not going to take any carries away from Isaiah Crowell. And Bilal Powell is the only other one you got to worry about a little bit. So, look, is he going to finish that high? I'm not drafting him that high, but I think he's better than than 38. I really think he's better than 38. And I think that you should probably, if if the chips fall the way they are now, you're prob- I think you should probably target him somewhere in the earlier earlier. In the seventh round, there's a big run of running backs right there between those guys that I mentioned earlier, Blunt, Cohen, Burkhead, Johnson, and Hyde. So probably early seventh round, I'm going to bump Crowell just just up one full round for me. And uh, look, I, I just think it, he has a decent, decent season, and he could be uh, middle-of-the-road RB2, maybe low-end RB2 for you at the end of the year. Did I convince you? Where were you saying you take him? Did I sway you on Cruel? Where were you saying you take him? I'm. T- he's my number one th- thirty-one running back right now, and I'm probably taking him in the. You know, if ch- the chip right now, he's going sixth overall in the eighth round, and I would take him around higher, probably. I don't know, seven four somewhere in that range. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Honestly, I felt like you were really overhyping him this year, and right now, I feel like he's fallen too far. You know, I feel like he's got talent. I don't think he's an amazing running back. I think he is an average running back. Yeah, and look, he's not going to have 1,200 yards. And no, no, no. Eight, he's nine, gonna, ten he's touchdowns. Gonna serve you. He's going to serve you just like C.J. Anderson every once in a while would or like Jonathan Stewart would, man. He's going to give you his yards, and he's, that's about it. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, this conversation, you bringing him up made me feel like I need to bring Isaiah Crow up, and I need to bring – 
people all power. Honestly, both these guys could take over that backfield, and I would not be surprised at all. And below, even they could both have productive seasons. Yeah, they really could, and I think that they're going to use Bilal Powell more in the passing game this year. I, I was really surprised last year because remember two years ago when the 2016 season ended, I can't remember the number off the top of my head what Powell was at, but I know he had a lot of catches, and we thought about him kind of somewhere in that same area of um, having a brain fart right now, the running back for Detroit, their pass-catching running back. No, the other one. Help me out. <laughs> theoretic. Yeah, theoretic. Sorry about that. Theoretic. We. I. I thought Bilal Powell was kind of in that same category of somebody who could, you know, be a, really have another big season in 2017 with a lot of catches, and he didn't do it last year. Like I said, I. I think he was under 30 catches for the season. It wasn't that high, but regardless. I think he bounces back a little bit and um, probably catches a lot more footballs. And again, they're going to be down a lot. So they're going to have to throw the football. Somebody's going to have to catch it. And uh, I definitely think Powell kind of gets back up a little bit in, you know, the reception category. But all right, look, we're at we're at about 58 minutes right now, Pat. So I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. Um, Anything we missed, anything else we wanted to cover before we end the show today? No, I think we hit about everything I wanted to get to. Cool. All right. Well, we talked about doing an IDP show soon, so maybe we'll do that next week. I don't know. We'll we'll have to check the maybe slate and see what. We'll have to finish up the rest of the second round, guys. Yeah, we're gonna talk. I keep talking about that too. We are gonna talk more second year guys, so because that's something that's always on my mind is how are these guys gonna perform in year two? So yeah, we'll we'll toss it up see what uh what we what's on the ledger see what we want to talk about next week we'll just you know kind of wing it see what it is but um look i want to thank everybody for listening to the show again i really enjoy doing this um i know pat does too is probably this is we eat breathe and sleep this stuff fantasy football so again if if uh interact with us at pad the stats on twitter more than happy to answer any questions that you might have about your league, about your draft. Hopefully we can give you some good insight and some help. But that's all we have for tonight's show. We're going to wrap it up, and I will talk to everybody later, probably next week sometime. So, look, everybody have a great night. I'll probably have this show out hopefully tomorrow morning or afternoon sometime, so look out for that on Stitcher. Um, on I'll post it on Twitter too so everybody kind of has the link. But, uh, but yeah, have a good night, everybody. We're signing off. See you later.